Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. Like any minority group, there are plenty of myths and stereotypes about lesbians. My guest is the co-founder of Everyone is Gay, Kristen Russo. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Let's talk about being a lesbian has certain stereotypes just as anything does. But where sex is concerned, people imagine all sorts of things. So let's just start with some of these myths. Penetration would be the first one that most people think of, strap-ons, men. Do lesbians need that? Is that part of our sexuality anyway? Um, I think that's a great question, and I think it depends on the person. I think any person in a heterosexual relationship has different interests and different needs and different things that turn them on and please them, and it's the same for people of any sexuality. Um, You know, penetration is great for some people. Penetration isn't some other people's thing. It's not specific to the lesbian community. Um, I think there are plenty of lesbians out there who use strap-ons and who love penetration. And I think there are tons of us out here who may like other things. So the myth really is not about penetration. It's just kind of whatever it is that you desire that feels good. Exactly. Now, what about where oral sex is concerned? You know, one of the myths that I've heard people say is that that's really what lesbians like the most. <laughs> I would love to know who these people are, who the, who the experts on lesbian sex Well, it's are. they, you um, know, it's always they. Of course. Um, I mean, I think, and, you know, I'll probably, like, touch on this theme a lot, the, the truth about lesbian sex is that there is no such thing as, quote, lesbian sex, right? There's sex that people have, that bodies have, and that all of our bodies are very different. Is it true that all lesbians love to have oral sex and that's their go-to? Absolutely not. And, you know, it's the same thing. There's huge diversity within the community um, of people who identify as lesbians. And, that, again, that pleasure, it depends on the person. Lesbians don't have to worry about STDs. Mm, that is, you know... That is a really unfortunate myth, and that's a myth that actually is not just like the they on the outside of the LGBTQ community, but rather one that's also within our community. I think that lesbians um, specifically really do not feel that they're at risk. The risks are lower in some cases for some particular things, but they are not lower, period. I mean, we're exchanging bodily fluids, and that's that's how diseases, that's how infections, that's how these things are um, passed along from person to person. So if you are in exchanging bodily fluids in any manner, you are at risk for STIs, I mean, period. So I think that we all need to protect ourselves and be very aware of how to do that, um, including those within the lesbian community. Well, I think that's important to note, Kristen, also because HPV can be a risk of cervical cancer. And unless you're you know, past a certain age, you didn't get, you know, the the HPV vaccine if you're over mm-hmm. probably 20. And so, you know, that genital warts, anybody can have that. Herpes, any of these things can be passed down, as you say, with any exchange of bodily fluids. And what about one of the main myths that I've always heard is that because you're a female, you know what the other person automatically is going to like and that there's lots of <sighs> hugging, caressing, 
cuddling, spooning, because girls always say, well, he doesn't cuddle enough, but that's really what I want. But if I was with a girl, she would know automatically that I like to hug and cuddle and that that's just what I want. Do we know automatically what another girl would want just because we are one ourselves? No, I mean, I think that, you know, speaking of like, uh, you know, anatomy and maybe understanding the way anatomy works, if you have, um, you know, female body parts and you are with somebody who also has female body parts, you may be a little bit more familiar with that end of things. But um, in terms of knowing, you know, the specifics of what a person likes, what kind of, you know, if they like things aggressively or if they like to cuddle, you know, that's a, that's a huge, what we're really talking about there is gender stereotypes. Do all women like to cuddle and be, like, soft and giggly? Of course not. <laughs> I mean, very, very, very dramatically, of course not. Um, I think that, you know, within a lesbian relationship, you have communication. You talk about what you need. You talk about what you like. There's body language. There's all sorts of signs that we use to understand what another person enjoys. But, again, not specific to a particular kind of person that's that's specific to individuals and couples and, you know, polyamorous relationships, et cetera, specific to those people. Lesbians, butches, dykes, you know, the femmes, there are all these names for the different Mm -hmm. kind of forms of being a lesbian. So is it true that if someone is more of a butch or has more of a masculine quality that they're considered the man in the relationship and that the other woman, you know, this has been said about Ellen and, and Portia, you know, and uh, you hear it all the time. So is that a stereotype? Of, yes, it is a stereotype. And of course, you know, there, there are many different ways of presenting. And within the lesbian community, we use those terms sometimes, right? We have uh, people who identify a certain way and people who use labels to maybe say who they are or identify that way. But um, the idea that a person who appears to be more masculine is acting as the man in that relationship is an absolute stereotype. That is not the case. Sometimes it might be within couples, sure. Maybe there's somebody who appears masculine and they prefer to be treated as a quote-unquote man, whatever that means to them or to their couple, but it is certainly not the uh, the overall rule, and people present in all different kinds of ways, and those presentations are always very different depending on how they identify and how they present and how they are sexually. You know, that that's also very different. They, they might, um, you know, appear very masculine in presentation, but sexually may not be interested in being the more dominant partner. That They're all very, very different things and very different facets to who we are as individuals. Most lesbians, and this is another myth, we don't have a whole lot of times, a whole lot of time, but most lesbians were really bisexual and that they started out with guys never really knowing they were a lesbian and then kind of moved their way over or that it's more of a choice, more of a lifestyle choice than it is something you're born with. And, and Kristen, I just have to say, I've heard this a lot. I don't hear it as much with men. So this is, again, a gender thing where men, mm-hmm. if they're gay... You know, they say, well, they, we knew when he was young because he used to dress like a female or we've always known. But with lesbians, it seems to be a bit more of a gray area. What about that? Yeah, I think that um, I think it's really interesting what happens between, um, you know, gay men and, and lesbian women. If we're going to use those two categories for this conversation, I think that um, women historically have been allowed a little bit more fluidity with their sexualities and um, with how they express themselves sexually and, you know, in partnerships and things like that. And so I think it does um, 
I think there are more women who are able to explore their sexuality more comfortably, which maybe is where that stereotype comes from. But um, again, no, that that is the truth of the matter. There are there are women who have identified as lesbians since they were two or three or four years older, as soon as they could process these things. And there are women, myself included in this bunch, who didn't come to understand their sexuality until much uh, later in life. And, and there's nothing that sort of gives or takes away from how gay that person might be if they're actually bisexual. I think that our identities are, um, are what we say they are, period. You know, if somebody identifies as a lesbian, that, that is who they are. That is what they feel and that is their experience. Um, and if I have another second to talk about the um, born this way versus choice situation. We have about 30, 40 seconds. So please All right, let's wrap it up for us. what I can do in 30 seconds. Um, I think that's a really important point to talk about because a lot of times we say, well, it wasn't my choice, and, and I don't think that that's, that's the way to frame these issues. I think that um, whether it is or isn't a choice isn't the point. The point is that we're all equal human beings, and that, um, you know, if, if we felt we were born this way, that's fine, but some of us don't feel that way, um, and it's not, it's not an either-or. It's not choice or genetics. It's just who we are as human beings. And that kind of wraps it up beautifully. We are all human beings. And once it takes us all to realize that so much of a better world that we will be, break down those stereotypes and those gender and, and any of these things that you're holding on to, the myths, because we are all unique human beings. And that's what this is all about. This is Melanie Cole. You're listening to Radio MD. Stay well.